Amen. Thank you, Brother Timothy, for that. Let's take our Bibles out tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. You'll go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 6. There's a lot of pumpkin stuff next door waiting to be eaten. And I even saw a turkey. I'm not kidding. I saw a turkey over there that uh, I think it's a cake. I'm not sure, but somebody put a lot of work and a lot of that food over there. We're going to get over there here in just a few minutes uh, and eat on that. Uh, excited about it. Appreciate everybody who brought something and told Brother Michael a minute ago. I says, note to self, next year do not plan the Pumpkin Fellowship on this night. Uh, not realizing everybody was going out of town for Thanksgiving this year. And even more after the service this morning, called and says, hey, we're heading out of town. Sorry we can't make it. Uh, that just means more food for you. Amen. Uh, more for all of us tonight. Looking forward to that. Get over there here in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, let's uh, have some spiritual food. Amen. It's, it's not pumpkin flavored, but uh, it's good anyway. Ephesians chapter 6, a, a book we know well or a chapter we know well. Uh, we're going to pull a thought out tonight uh, that uh, maybe we don't preach on as often as we should. If you're at Ephesians 6, let's stand together and uh, look down, if you will, uh, to verse number 11. We'll start with the familiar one, and we're going to end up in one that uh, maybe is not as familiar or an area of one that we don't preach on as often as we should. Uh, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now notice, he tells us what to do and he tells us why. Put on the armor that you may be able to stand. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Notice he repeats that again. Take the armor so that you can stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now on a Wednesday night, a few weeks ago, we preached on the first half of verse 18. The Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. But tonight I want to look at the second half of this. The Bible says, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Let's stop there tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for this challenging passage. Uh, Father, for years and years, generations have looked to this verse for what we need, Father, to withstand and having done all to stand. I pray you'd help us with these simple truths tonight in verse 18. I pray that, Father, you'd speak to our heart in a way that we understand it and that, Father, we'll respond to it and, more importantly, hide it deep within our heart that, Father, we might not become spiritual casualties but go on to do your will and your way until you come. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Uh, we notice this passage and we know this passage well. I, I remember studying this as a teenager. Uh, it seems like every few years uh, around vacation Bible school, we did the armor of God. Uh, you know, you learn about the armor, and then somebody dresses up in the armor. Uh, I wouldn't doubt at all if Brother Aaron had a set 
of armor somewhere. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he does. His son is shaking his head. Yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this morning he was walking around as a pilgrim. Is that also correct? Yes. Uh, he has a costume for every occasion. And I hope you young people appreciate him doing that because, you know, 43-year-old guys, you know, we kind of get past that and we do it for the kids. But you think about this armor. And we've studied this armor many, many times throughout our Christian life. And when we look at these pieces of armor, they are nothing less than implements of war, right? Uh, these are not costumes. These are not decorations. These are definitely implements of war, and all of them have a purpose. You say, well, you look down. We start there in verse number 11. The Bible says, put on the armor, and it tells us why. And then it says in verse number 14, to stand having your loins girt about with truth. We know we need that belt of truth, and we know why our feet need to be shod. But I want to zoom in a little bit closer at what all of these pieces of armor have in common. Every piece of armor that he's given us in Ephesians chapter number 6 serve one purpose. And that purpose is to preserve life. That's why he gives us that armor. He doesn't want us to put on the armor. You know, I've never been over to uh, Buckingham Palace, but I've seen the soldiers there. And my goodness, they believe in decorative uh, armor, do they not? I mean, they have the big old things up there on their head and they have all of that. Most of that is for showing. Most of that is not to go into battle with, and kind of like the British found out when they fought the colonists, you realize real quick, uh, camouflage works better than red coats, amen? Uh, they figured that out the hard way, but most of that is for showing. It's not for real, it's not to go into battle with, and yet this armor here, every bit of it serves the purpose, one purpose, to preserve life. That is what our Father is all about, from head to toe, preserving life. Now, why does he give us all of this armor? I mean, from the helmet all the way down to our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel. You know what he's telling us? He's telling us, you better put all of it on. And he says many times, put it all on. Why? Because I promise you, Satan is going to shoot at you at anywhere he can hit you. Kind of like old Goliath found out, you might have all of that armor on and have all of those layers uh, of armor that he had, and yet there's a soft spot somewhere, isn't it? Satan always knows where to find that soft spot. That's why he says you better take all of this armor. But then there's something I want you to see tonight in verse 18, and um, we're going to do things a little differently toward the end of the service tonight, so pay close attention, okay, so you, you don't look goofy when we get down there, all right? And when you get down to verse number 18... He finishes his up with a piece of armor that maybe we don't consider. Verse 18, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto. He's telling us how to pray with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And I want you to notice he gives us all the armor from head to toe. But he says, you know what, there are, at times there are soft spots in our armor, aren't there? I mean, Goliath had one. Uh, there's going to be spots to where maybe there's not a piece of armor, and there's something that God gives us to cover everywhere in between. Do you know what it is? It's prayer. God gives us that prayer at the end of the list of the armor in verse number 18. Why? Because there is no greater preservative of life than prayer. Now, here's what we think about. We live in the South. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight. Uh, but we're in the South where just about everybody owns a gun and many people are carrying guns, all right? I don't want to know who's carrying in this building tonight, okay? 
I remember in our church in Louisiana, we had a conceal and carry class at our church one day. We used it, brought folks into the church. A lot of people came in for that and uh, able to witness to a lot of new people in our community. And my soul, I want to tell you, we had folks in their early 20s and people all the way up to 90 years old getting their conceal and carry permit. And then we went to the gun range with them. I want you to know, uh, I thought I was not going to make it out of there. I was thinking, whose idea was this, to have a conceal and carry? Uh, matter of fact, one of, the, one, one of the older gentlemen turns around and wheels his gun at me and says, I just can't get this thing to fire. And I'm thinking, thank the Lord you can't get it to fire. I thought it was going to die right there in that place. You think about all that we do to protect ourselves. And we think, well, I'm packing. You might be packing a pistol. You might be packing a taser, some pepper spray. I don't want my daughter carrying a gun right now, so she's got a taser and some pepper spray. You guys hear that? She's got a taser and some pepper spray, and she knows how to use it, okay? And then she's got some fists. I've taught her how to use them as well. And we like to think, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to preserve, my, make sure that I'm ready, and I'm going to make sure that whatever comes my way, I can defend myself. Can I tell you, there's no greater preservative of life than prayer. There is no greater preservative of life than prayer. The Bible tells us about Peter. Brother Lenny and I were talking about this the other day. Peter was in prison. The Bible says, I mean, Peter's in a bad place. Uh, Peter is not at his own liberty to leave. He is a captive. Peter is in trouble, bound for execution. But the Bible says something happened that changed everything in the life of Peter. Do you know what it was? The Bible says, but prayer was made. But prayer was made. Do you know what preserved the life of Peter? Obviously it was God, but do you know what moved the hand of God? It was prayer. Prayer moved the hand of God. I fear oftentimes we're so self-reliant and self-sufficient that we forget that ultimately life is of God and God is the giver and taker of life. And the greatest way that we can preserve life, whether it is physical life, spiritual life, the life of your joy, it's through prayer. And we forget that sometimes. Why did he list it right there in the armor that he gives us? In verse number 18, he says, hey, I want you to bathe everything in prayer. Why? Because that's what preserves it all. I jokingly say this a lot. Uh, I didn't know this about my wife when we got married, but she doesn't like pickles. You know, we didn't talk about that before we got married. It's not a game changer, you know, but I remember I was quite shocked to find out she didn't eat pickles. I love pickles. I don't like kosher ones. I like sour pickles. I think I was telling somebody the other day, I like the ones at the old gas station in the big jar. Do you remember those? Uh, and you go in there, you know, all southern gas stations used to have like a little meat market in the back of it. And there was one about a mile from our house. And we'd go up to Hathorne's Grocery and Carson. And I always go to the back and they had this big old pickle jar and one of those forks with the two, the two prongs on it. And I wanted the ones that were almost transparent. They had been soaking up that juice for so long. I mean, it was started off as a cucumber, and it was nice and green, and now it's soaked up all of that vinegar, and it's well-preserved, right? Well-preserved. And boy, you bite into it, and you hurt right here. That's the best pickles in the world. For those of you who like those pickles that aren't terribly sour, I don't understand that. I like a good sour pickle, all right? Now, you think about that pickle tonight. That pickle has been submerged in something that has preserved it. And oh, tonight, if we, as God's people understood that preserving power of prayer to where we learn to realize tonight there's a reason God in verse number 18 ended the armor of God with prayer why because prayer is a tremendous preservative it'll keep you long past the battle it'll keep you long past the naysayers tonight and we need to understand a little bit more about preserving prayer and that's what I want to preach on tonight 
For a few minutes, I want to preach about preserving prayer, and I'm going to tell you why at the end of the service tonight. So I need you to pay attention because you're going to need to learn to pray tonight the way that verse 18 is telling us how to pray. The Bible says the second, well, let's just read the whole verse, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now watch this. He is continuing with the idea of prayer and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, I want you to key in right there in the middle of verse 18 where the Bible says watching thereunto. Watching thereunto. Now, notice there's a preventative spirit right here. That, hey, as we pray, we put on the armor and we're praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Who are we praying for? Look at the end of verse 18. The Bible says, for all saints. The Bible says we've got to learn to watch and pray and to pray and watch for preventative protection for one another. That we might preserve the life of all the saints. Number one tonight, how do we engage in preserving prayer? Number one, very simple. Be guarded in prayer. Be guarded in prayer. Notice he says, watching thereunto with all perseverance. I want you to think tonight, all the measures we take to preserve ourselves and our possessions. Think about it, if you would. We have a home and we probably have locks on our doors, correct? I'm assuming. Don't say no if you don't, okay? We got some squirrely folks in here. You never want to tell them, no. We have locks on our doors. I have three locks on my doors. We have an alarm system at our house, and I even put one of those doorbells in where I can see you coming now. It at least gives me time to load the gun, okay? I'm not going to leave it loaded around. So we've got that that is there. We've got fire alarms. We've got smoke alarms, and we've got all of these things to protect ourselves and to protect our property. Think about our vehicles. In our vehicles, we have seat belts, and you ought to wear those uh, if you love your family. You're going to buckle up so you can be around a long time, and they can love on you. We have airbags in our cars and roll cages in our cars and all these things. Why? Because we're trying to preserve life, right? It's, uh, it's pretty much of a habit that when I get in a car, I put on my seat belt just about all the time. Uh, but sometimes I'll be talking with Leslie and I'll forget and uh, I won't hear the ding, ding, ding telling me to put it on. And I have a daughter who does the ding, ding, ding for me. Dad, you need to put your seatbelt on. I'm like, well, I just, I mean, we just live right down the road, you know. Dad, you need to put your seatbelt on. You know what she's trying to do? She's trying to preserve my life. She likes me, believe it or not, and she wants me to be around for a little while, so she's being guarded of me. Now, if you notice the end of verse 18, who are we being guarded for? For all saints. I'll tell you a thought that struck me when I was studying this out in verse number 18. It's amazing, even with all the armor that he gave us, he did not dismiss prayer. You're thinking, well, I've got the armor on, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth all the way down. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. You cannot dismiss prayer. Prayer is the greatest preservative of our spiritual life that we could ever have. And when you think for a moment that you can back off not just praying for yourselves, but for one another, can I tell you what's going to happen? That's when you lose them. That's when you lose them. He says... Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto. Remember, if you will, Job. What was Job doing in Job chapter 1? What was Job doing? He was praying for his kids. He was praying. Do you know what he was doing? He was watching thereunto. He was being guarded in prayer. Folks, let me tell you something tonight. 
Look, yeah, we ought to pray for one another, but I'm telling you, I'm afraid if we guarded our house with the level of intensity that we pray for one another, we would all be robbed blind. Why? We don't pray for one another like we need to. We're not guarded in our prayer. We're not watching thereunto. I, I, I think about my daughter. I joke about her a lot, and, uh, you know, uh, one day she will get married. And, yes, I will let her, okay? I will. I hope she becomes a Baptist nun, but I know that's probably not going to happen. And I'm going to have to let her go one day. I'll never forget, never forget, boy, Leslie and I praying when that baby was in her mom's tummy. I remember we even started praying for her spouse. I don't know who her spouse is. I don't know who she's going to marry. But man, you know what? I, I hope he's a young man who's living right, doing right. I hope he's a young man who's keeping his mind clean, his eyes clean. You know, I don't, I don't know who he is. As far as I know, I don't know who he is. But you know what I want to do for him? I'll, I want to be guarded in prayer for him. I want to be guarded in prayer. I want to put a hedge about him as best I can with prayer. Do you know why? Listen to me. The reason tonight is because there's a whole lot of booger monsters out there gobbling up good young men. There's a whole lot of trouble out there. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, your adversary, the devil, what is he? He's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why we've got to be guarded in prayer. Listen to me, wife, he's after your husband. Husband, he's after your wife. Mom and dad, he's after your kids. Listen to me, we have no idea what goes on in the hearts of these kids. No idea. Listen, when I was a kid, the biggest thing that I had to worry about was making good grades so I didn't get in trouble. I mean, seriously, I, I didn't have a whole lot. Of, I lived at the end of a dirt road. I mean, there's not a whole lot of trouble to get into down there. We might set something on fire or, you know, trap something that we don't need to be trapped. I mean, something like that. But these kids are dealing with life-altering, eternity-altering temptations. That's why we as God's people have got to preserve them with prayer. Preserve one another with prayer. Folks, why? If you would, if you just look down to verse number 12, it'll tell you why. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'll never forget an illustration my dad used years ago about a man in our church. My goodness, man, he's a good man, um, a good friend of our family. And uh, man, my soul, the devil got a hold of him and just ruined his family, ruined his home. And I'll never forget, he said in our living room, my dad told me the story later because I wasn't there for it. And he looked at my dad, tears streaming down his face when he lost everything that he ha had. And he says, Jack, the devil is real. Now, we all know the devil's real, right? I always follow that up with the problem is we don't know the real devil. We think spiritual warfare is just something preachers go through. No, let me tell you something tonight. You better take verse 18 seriously and be guarded in prayer because the devil is very, very real. It says, watching thereunto. I think about Peter. Here's Peter going along in his spiritual life. Here comes Jesus. Jesus says, Peter... Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. I mean, Jesus himself telling Peter, he's coming. He's coming. We can tell if you read in the context that Peter, Peter did not believe it was going to be as bad as it ended up being. He didn't take it as seriously as he should. Jesus said this, watch, what did he tell Peter? But I have prayed for thee. You know what he was doing? He was guarding him in prayer. He was guarding him in prayer. I've told you before, Uncle Jerry Fertel said years ago, and I never took it out of my head. 
He said, if you could see the demons and all of the forces of darkness that march around, you'd never leave your house. Well, thank God we don't. The things I do see scares me. Why do they get my groceries delivered from Walmart? Man, Walmart's scared just by itself. Folks, this is a real deal tonight. If we're going to preserve life, we've got to be guarded in prayer. Jesus said, I have prayed for thee. Colossians 1.9, Paul rejoicing with the church at Colossae and hoping they'll continue on in their walk with God and their growth says this, since the day I heard, I have not ceased to pray for you. I have not ceased to pray for you. Now look, we're not just preventing uh, the bad things that can happen. We want good things to happen. But at some point, you've got to be guarded in prayer. We've got to take verse 12 serious enough tonight to realize that I've got to watch thereunto. I believe with all my heart there's not much more of a cruel thing you can do to someone than to quit praying for them. I don't know of anything more cruel that you could do to someone than not pray for them, refuse to pray for them. Why? Because if God put that right there in the list of the armor, it might be important that at some point we've got to learn to watch there unto. Do you know what you might be praying for? You know, as a pastor, uh, I may be not always the first to find out, but I usually find out about needs in the church and things people are going through. I have my prayer list up here tonight. I have all the things that come in throughout our week, and you'd be amazed at things people are dealing with throughout the course of a week. I promise you, you'd be amazed. Miss Pam and I will sit and talk sometimes about prayer requests that will come in, people that are having needs, people that have burdens in their life. You'd be amazed at what people are dealing with, battles that people are fighting. You know what you might be doing when you pray for the saints? That's what he says in verse 18, for all saints. When you're watching thereunto and being guarded in prayer, can I tell you what you might be praying for for them? Look, you might be preserving the life of their joy. You might be the one who's standing in the gap for them, preserving life for them. You might be the one who's standing there as Moses' hands are coming down and the battle's being lost and their physical strength is given out. You might be the Aaron or the her that's holding up their arms, preserving their life. You never know that. You never know. That's why tonight we've got to take this seriously. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is powers of darkness. We've got to pray for the saints watching thereunto. You just never know. Number one tonight, how do we pray a preserving prayer? Number one, be guarded in our prayer. Keep reading. The Bible says watching thereunto with what? With all perseverance. With all perseverance. Now, can I tell you something? I believe we have a praying church, and I'm thankful for that. I can tell when people are praying for me. It's amazing. It's amazing that even days when you're not feeling it like you want to feel it, there's something pushing you to keep moving. You know what that is? That's prayer. That's God's people that are praying. But watch this. The Bible says not only are we watching and we're being guarded in prayer, the Bible says watching thereunto with all perseverance. You know what perseverance is? We just like to call it sticking with it. Sticking with it. Number two. How do we pray a preserving prayer? How do we preserve life in prayer? Number two, have some grit in prayer. Number one, be guarded in prayer. Number two, have some grit in your prayer. What is grit? Well, John Wayne could teach you a lot about it, you know. That was on TV. That's make-believe. What we need tonight is some spiritual grit where we learn to persevere. Now, remember... He listed prayer in the list of our armor. 
He listed it right there in the list of what we need to go into battle with. But we've got to have some grit with that. Colossians 4.2, Paul said this, continuing in prayer. Continuing in prayer. I, I believe tonight that really, I, I don't think we have a, a problem praying. I think we have a problem persevering. I don't think we have a problem praying. We pray for one another. We have our list. But the problem is persevere. I was going through my prayer list this afternoon. I was reading down my prayer list, and I looked down there, uh, and I saw under suffering the loss of a loved one, the family of Bryce Humphrey. Bryce Humphrey is the young man, uh, one of my good friends from high school, son, who passed away tragically. And I thought to myself, you know what, I, I, I haven't let him know that I prayed for him lately. You know, he, he needs to know somebody's persevering with him. I, I've, only, I've only got one child. I can imagine losing a child. I imagine that road is long, and that road will never be the same. But you know what makes a difference? Knowing people are persevering with you. I'm persevering with you. I, I haven't seen him lately. I haven't been to their home. But you know what? I just want him to know I'm persevering with you. I'm afraid tonight this is an area where we fall short now, notice, I want you to see something very important. Look at, down at verse 18. There's a word that's repeated. The Bible says, praying, watch this, always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I believe when it comes to this matter of persevering in prayer, I believe God wants, to give it, wants us to give it our all. How many times did he say all? I mean, folks, listen, what are we talking about? What are we talking about persevering for? We, Lord, I'm just praying for that brand new car. That's not what we're praying for. What are we praying for? Look at the end of verse 18. It's three words, for all saints. This is people we're talking about. This is families we're talking about. This is young people we're talking about. This is people who are about ready to give up on God, and they just need to know there are some people that are being guarded in prayer for them, but then there's some people who've got some grit, and they're going to keep praying for them. Hey, I'm going to walk with you every step of this journey. I know it's hard. I don't know what you're going through. I want you to know I'm persevering with you. People need to know that. There's people struggling tonight. I'm telling you, I hear about them. I talk to them, and you can just hear in their voice, they're a half a second from walking away from God, and they just need some of God's people. You don't have to know your whole Bible. You don't have to be able to quote all this scripture. Listen, you don't have to have the best suit in the world. They just need to know you're going to persevere with them in prayer. I'm with you every step of the way. You might whine. You might complain. You might gripe, and it may even get on my nerves, but I'm persevering with you. That's what we've got to have if we're going to fight this battle and get through this. Because notice, the Bible says we're doing it for others. For all saints. James 5.16, the Bible says it's the effectual and the fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. You look at that word, I've mentioned it to you before. It's energio, it means energetic. Man, you've got to put some oomph into it. You've got to have some grit into it. I'll be honest, and this is horrible. There are some things I have prayed for for so long, and the prayer request hasn't been answered yet, according to what I think it ought to be. And there are times I just want to quit praying about it. Fine. But we're not praying for something. You know, <laughs> I don't know how many prayers I've said from a deer stand. I have prayed so hard to see a big buck 
I could almost imagine it. I don't, I don't know that I pray for deer anymore. I've just given up on deer, you know. <laughs> but we're not talking about deer. We're talking about people. We're talking about families. We're talking about young people. We're talking about marriages. Our prayer ought to be energetic. I got a letter this week from a lady. I've told you about this lady before. I'll tell you about her again. Her name is Miss Carol. And Miss Carol uh, sends me a letter every week. She used to send me three every week. She sends me one a week. And boy, she just lets me know that she's praying. Hey, I just want you to know I'm praying. She, she started doing it back in 2014. She would just send me a letter, a handwritten letter. Hey, praying for you, praying for you. She sends me one a week now. Man, she's still persevering. I don't know how many times I've probably let her down. But boy, she just perseveres. Why? Well, because the Bible says, watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. First Chronicles 16, 11, the Bible says, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Seek his face continually. You know what we all learn how to do tonight? Learn how to persevere in our prayer. Let's pray with some grit. Let's pray with some grit for all saints. But then watch this. I'll give you the last point. We'll be done tonight. The Bible says, watching thereunto, be guarded in prayer. With all perseverance, have some grit in your prayer. Don't give up so easily. And then the Bible says, and supplication for all saints. Supplication for them, that means I am ministering on their behalf. Supplication, the word supply there. The third thing tonight, how we persevere in prayer and how we pray in a preserving manner where we're preserving life. Number three, minister grace in prayer. Minister grace in prayer. Now, I want you to see something interesting real quickly. The Bible says in verse 18, praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. This is interesting. As we pray in the Spirit, that Holy Spirit, aren't you glad it is there as that spiritual interpreter for us? That the Holy Spirit of God will lead us in our prayer. There are times that I'm praying to God that I don't even know all that I need. And I'm thankful for the Spirit of God that intercedes on my behalf of what I don't even know that I need at times. Do you know it's okay to go to God and tell, say, God, I, I don't know what I need, but I have a need. And I just pray that, Father, you'll meet that in a way that's pleasing to you. We can do that. But wait a minute. The Bible says praying in the Spirit. What's interesting about praying in the Spirit is the Spirit is going to lead you to minister grace in your prayers. I, I love this. I'm giving you an example. Uh, about 5.30, one morning last week, about 5.30, there was something on my heart, and I boy, just couldn't shake it. Something on my heart. Couldn't shake it at all. It was a burden, and man, it was weighing heavy on my heart. About 5.30, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday morning. And uh, so I just stopped. I started praying. and said, Lord, I got this burden on my heart. I've got this need on my heart. And I said, God, would you help me with this? God, would you just help me, the, the burden that I have, uh, Father, the, uh, the thing that's grieving my heart, would you just help me? About 5.30 the other morning, here's what was amazing. Uh, I prayed, and I got up from praying, and all of a sudden my phone, ding. I thought to myself, wow, this is early. It doesn't usually start that early. It usually starts around 7, and then it dings throughout the day and stops dinging after midnight. But um, between 12 and 7, it's usually pretty quiet. Man, this is 5.30. Ding. And when you get a, a, a ding at 5.30, you're thinking, Paul, this is really bad. And I rolled over, and I, I looked at my phone. I'll paraphrase what it says. It says, hey, pastor, I just want you to know the Lord puts you on my heart. 
and I'm praying for you. You know, you ever have one of those moments where your prayer was answered pretty quick and you're like, ooh, that was spooky. This prayer thing really works. Here's what was neat. Watch. There was somebody who was sensitive to the spirit. And that spirit, watch this, kind of like the satellite up in space. You know, it pings off of that. And the spirit says, hey, why don't, you, why don't you pray for him today? And then, hey, he let me know. Do you know what he did through his prayers? He ministered grace. Minister grace. You know, this is the importance of walking in the spirit. Why? Because the spirit of God is going to help you pray. The Spirit of God's going to help you to know what you ought to pray for. There are times I don't know exactly what all the needs are, but the Spirit of God will put that on your heart. I need to let that person know. Just this afternoon, I told you, man, I texted my friends. I want you to know I'm praying for you still. Do you know what I was trying to do? Minister Grace. Minister Grace. Uh, one of the things I hate is uh, the older I get, one of the things I hate, and I hate using the term I hate, <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant, but I do. I don't like using the word hate a lot. But one of the things I hate as I get older is like squeaky doors. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how your priorities shift as you get older? All that I used to worry about was, you know, where am I getting my next meal? Burger King, McDonald's, and now I don't like squeaky doors. Drippy faucets? Oh, no. No. We got to fix Once I hear it, I can't unhear it. Every once in a while, you know, you'll open a door and you'll hear, wee. Ah. So I'll go find some WD or those little cans of that oil, you know, that three in one, and just put it on there. And after what you open it up, it's nice and quiet. The Holy Spirit is going to let you know where you need to minister grace. And we can minister grace through our prayers. What's amazing about prayer is prayer is like a long-distance grace that you can minister without even being in the person's presence. There's people tonight, uh, different states I know of, people that have texted me, called. They have needs, they have burdens, they have trials. And you know what? I can minister grace to them through my prayers. Why? Well, because it's important. We look at the helmet, that's important. The sword, that's important. The belt, that's important. Wait a minute, he says, verse number 18, we're going to bathe all of this in something very important. It's prayer. Be guarded in prayer. Have some grit in your prayer. And they get to the place where you minister grace, supplication for the saints. The old adage, the best defense is a good offense. You know, I have found oftentimes we are quick to pray reactively, but not as quick to pray proactively. Could it be tonight if we prayed more proactively, we wouldn't have to pray as much reactively? Could it be? You know what, I'm going to pray for the, you ought to pick some young people out. You ought to pick a young person out. So I'm going to pray for this one this week, and this one next week, and this one next week. You ought to pick a family out in our church. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to lift them up. He said, well, I don't know that they have a need. They have a need. Why? Because verse 12 says, we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. Everybody's in the same fight together. We've got to learn to pray a preserving prayer. Now, tonight, before we have our invitation, Sunday nights, usually home folks, especially tonight, a lot of folks are gone on vacation and Folks were out sick. I want to read you some names, some needs that I know of right now in our church. I talked to a few families today. The Johnsons are sick, out with this stuff. The Arnetts are sick. They're out with this. Uh, I talked to the Bergerons earlier. They have a, a family need. They called in tonight. They said, well, we have a major need in our family, and um, so just leave it at that. You pray for them tonight. A family member of theirs has a great need. They've asked us to pray. Brother Bado's sister-in-law passed away. I'm sure they could use some prayer tonight. Brother Chris Keaton's been up in the hospital at Forest General. Uh, has some issues with his pancreas. Boy, he could use some prayer tonight. Brother Lenny's got a, an uncle by the name of Mike. He's still in Jackson right now involved in an explosion last night. 
badly, badly hurt. He could use some prayer tonight. Brother David's aunt passed away. Been praying for her, not only for her physical, but her spiritual, for her salvation. Miss Elizabeth's grandfather just passed away. Look down the list. Miss Kim is sick tonight. She barely had a voice yesterday. Got a lot of people traveling the roads tonight. I don't know about a dozen of our families out on the highway tonight, traveling, going to different places. Talked to Brother Jamie tonight. He's asking us to pray for his legs, the needs he has there. My mom's still dealing with the surgery she had and the heart problems she has. My brother-in-law had surgery this week as well. He could use some prayer. And on and on and on. I look at our prayer list. You say, well, a lot of these are physical needs. You'd be amazed at how often the devil will use a physical need to attack someone spiritually. You'd be amazed. Watch this. You say, well, you know, I'm going to pray for them, but in the end, it's up to them. Not so. Why did he tell us? Praying with all prayer and supplications, perseverance for the saints. You see, there are battle buddies these people tonight they're not only fighting a, a spiritual battle like all of us do Samuel Baker's on his way home tonight thank the Lord for that but oh what a blessing it would be if you decided tonight say boy I, I heard the names that were listed there tonight you know what I'm going to do I'm going to be guarded in prayer for them I'm going to be guarded in prayer by the way that's aside from spiritual needs in our church that's aside from Israel I'm looking down my list folks have RSV my soul. Can I tell you tonight what we need to learn to do? Learn to pray a preserving prayer and have a preserving prayer life where I'm guarded in prayer. You know what? You don't have to know the need. I'm going to guard that family in prayer. What a blessing to have Aaron and hers in your life holding up your hands when your hands are going down. What a blessing that somebody's guarding somebody in prayer. What if I were to tell you tonight? We'll pick out, uh, pick out one of our young people, Sam. Good to see you, Sam. Did real good in the play this week. He was the preacher. Hope that's just a glimpse of things to come. What if I were to tell you tonight, Sam doesn't know it, but in two days the devil is going to put a, an attack on his life and a temptation upon his life. Well, you'd rally to the defense, wouldn't you? Well, I promise you the devil's coming after every one of us like that. You better learn to, prayer, to pray and have a prayer life that is a preserving prayer life. Number one, be guarded. Number two, when you pray, have some grit. Pray with some grit, a persevering prayer. I'm not going to give up on you. Hey, if there's somebody on your heart tonight, somebody maybe I read or maybe somebody's name I haven't read, you know what you ought to do? You ought to let them know, hey, I know you're going through it right now. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Can I tell you the people that are the greatest bur uh, burden, greatest blessing in my life? I can tell you that too, but let me say the greatest blessing in my life. People that no matter how much I whine and gripe and complain about how hard life can be sometimes, I just can't scare them off. They're still going to pray for me. Man, what a blessing. Persevering. Have some grit. Finally tonight, what did he say? He said, with all supplication. Why don't you minister grace tonight? You say, well, are you want me to go buy them a meal? You could do that. You say, well, you want me to go and, and take them out for coffee? Yeah, you could do that. Can I tell you tonight what you ought to do? Why don't you minister grace in prayer tonight? A lot of folks just this afternoon, I'm telling you, I kept taking my pen out of my pocket and writing some of these. Hey, pray for us. We're sick tonight. Pray for us. A family member has a great need. Pray for us. Headed to the hospital. All of these needs. I mean, that was one of the reasons we were late coming out for choir tonight. Boy, folks having different needs pop up. Do you know what, do you know what a lot of people in our church need tonight? They need somebody to have a preserving prayer life. 
that not only do they need the armor, they need a church family to pray for them. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask our pianist to come tonight. I know this is a little bit different, but we're just going to do what God says do. Uh, we're going to have our pumpkin fellowship here in a minute. But before we do that, can I tell you what we ought to do? We ought to fellowship in prayer for all the many needs in our church. People carrying burdens, people fighting battles, people fighting sickness, people who have uh, things on their heart that maybe we don't even know about, but they're fighting a battle. Here's what we ought to do. We ought to fight for them. Why don't we fight for them? Why don't we be guarded for them? Have some spiritual grit for them. And why don't we minister grace for them tonight? Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. You say, well, I don't remember all the names you gave me. You don't have to remember all the names tonight. Uh, just search your heart. Let that Holy Spirit tell you, hey, you know what? I want you to persevere with this person. I want you to pray for this person. Hold the arms up of this person during this invitation time tonight. Father, thank you for the power and the privilege to pray. Father, it seems that just on every corner, uh, Father, in every life, in one way or another, whether spiritual, whether physical, whether needs of the heart, needs of the home, everybody seems to be bearing a burden. And Father, tonight you tell us that we are to persevere in prayer for all the saints. Father, I think if we watched more, we wouldn't have to persevere as much. But Father, we haven't watched as much as we should, and now we're having to persevere even so much the more. And I pray that you'd help us tonight. And Father, here's what I'm praying for for our church. I'm praying, Father, that you would lay people on the hearts of people. I'm praying, Father, that your Holy Spirit would whisper a name tonight upon our hearts of a family that needs us, Father, to be guarded for them. That, Father, we're going to stand at the watch. When their hands are tired and they can't hold them up, we're going to stand guard for this family. We're going to stand guard for young people. Help us, Father, be sensitive to listen tonight, Lord, to be guarded, Lord, for the needs of those who are in battles all around us. Help us not be consumed by our own burdens and our own needs, but, Father, help us to persevere with people. Father, perhaps when we leave church tonight, we pick up our phone and call or text someone. Give us a burden for someone that, Father, we could say, I want you to know I'm persevering with you. I'm going to have some grit. I'm going to pray with you, and I'm here for you. Father, help us tonight, I pray, to have the burden we should. Help us to follow through with it tonight. Help us to be ministers of grace to the needs that are about us and I pray that you be glorified in all that you do through our prayers tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our heads bowed for a few minutes, our eyes closed. And I just wanted to ask you tonight, would you go to battle for someone tonight? I said, well, I have my own needs. Would you go to battle for someone else?